Welcome back to Getting Into Good Trouble, the podcast where we dig through the rubble to find the trouble. We would like to give a shout out to Seattle, our second largest listener group after Atlanta. We would also like to give a special shout out to Trevor Johns from Trevor Johns Voiceovers for helping us with our voice coaching. Today we will be discussing the Rohingya Muslims in Myanmar. The Rohingya Muslims are being murdered and the world is allowing it. The Myanmar military burnt down and destroyed Rohingya villages, killed Rohingya citizens, abused Rohingya women, and committed tons of other crimes against humanity. We need some context for this problem. Davis, this sounds like the job for you. So yeah, Hope, um, first of all, Rohingya is the name usually used to refer to a group of Muslims that mainly live in Myanmar. They're one of the most persecuted minorities, um, and they've lived in Myanmar, a country that is mainly Buddhist. Their history in that region can be traced back to the 7th century. And Kiefer, uh, can you help me explain their history, please? Yeah, I got you, Big D. To start off, the Rohingya Muslims dates back all the way to 1057, when the first state of Myanmar was created, which then was Burma, but now it's Myanmar. Over the next 900 years, the Rohingya Muslims and Myanmar flourished, have thrived, and pretty much just had a great life until 1941, until things changed. All the Muslims in the area turned into pro-British, and all the Iraqis turned into Buddhists, which isn't necessarily a problem, but isn't great. Then, fast forward 70 years, one of the biggest disputes between the Rohingya Muslims and the Myanmar government left 200 dead and over 150,000 without their homes. Now, fast forward 70 years, one of the biggest disputes between Myanmar and the Rohingya Muslims left 200 dead and over 150,000 homeless. Now that I'm done with my part, I'm gonna kick it over to Sam. Sam, what you got? Thanks, Kiefer. Basically right now, the Rohingya Muslims are being oppressed by the Myanmar military and they are being forced to flee from the country. They've been fleeing to Bangladesh. Bangladesh is fine with having them there, but they are running low on supplies and cannot hold any more people. This is causing a problem for Bangladesh and the Rohingya Muslims. Thomas, what do you have to say about this? Thanks, Sam. Let me elaborate on the situation. Currently in Bangladesh, where the Rohingya Muslims have been fleeing to, there are not much of a better situation than what they were fleeing from. Due to them fleeing to Cox's Bazaar, the largest refugee camp in the world, they have been having to live in conditions that are atrocious and have been living in extreme poverty. To go along with this, they have started to outnumber the local population, which initially welcomed them in, helping them settle in as they were fleeing the military. But as time has come on, locals have started to let um, get angry with the Muslims. The locals do already share what little they have to go on with this. The Naf River has had to be closed, which has resulted in many locals losing a major source of food and income causing the anger the locals to be even more angered towards the refugees. The Muslims outnumber the locals now, and the fact that they keep on coming has led to more and more anger on the locals. Back to you, Sam. Recently, the United Nations has ordered Myanmar to protect the Rohingya Muslims. 
they have been ordered to report back every six months and show that they are actually taking steps to protect the Rohingya Muslims so that they do not feel that they have to flee the country. The first report is due in four months, so we will be able to see if they actually will comply with this order. We have no clue yet if they actually will, so they might just ignore the United Nations. Hope, it seems like there's still a lot more questions to be answered. Yeah, let's throw it to the Q&A group. How have these events affected children in Myanmar? Yeah, Hope, that's a great question. So first, I think it's better to understand how many children there actually are. So out of the 800,000 refugees, there are about 60% of them are children, and this is almost half a million. If you can imagine, this is almost five full football stadiums. Yeah, so the conditions in the camps are also really bad for the children, and they're living in complete poverty. And one of the main things and troubles that they run into is that they can't plead refuge at these camps, and this is because they're not registered at birth in Myanmar. They're not considered actual citizens of anything, so they can't plead refuge. And this is causing a big outrage and disruption in when they're trying to plead refuge. Okay, and this is also causing a lot of protests both in Myanmar and Bangladesh. So Hope, does that answer your question? Yeah, that's super helpful. So this crisis started in around 1941 during World War II. And like Davis and Kiefer said, the Rakhine Buddhists were in support of the Japanese during it, while the Muslims were in support of the British. And when the Myanmar were granted independence, uh, the Muslim rebellion uh, arose for the Muslims demanding equal rights. Uh, the rebellion was eventually defeated. So also in 1982, the new citizenship law recognized 135 ethnic groups, but the Rohingya Muslims were not one of them. So I just heard you say that Myanmar has rejected citizenship to the Rohingya Muslims. What is the next for Islam as one of their biggest populations is left stateless? So Myanmar has actually not recognized the Rohingya at birth, and this has caused many problems when they're trying to plead refuge, but it's also one of Islam's biggest population that is left stateless because they're not associated yeah. with a state or a place, and it's very hard for them to find refuge when two of the neighboring countries are India and China, which are also having issues in politics that are around oppressing Muslims. Yeah. Weber, how is Bangladesh reacting to the Rohingya people coming out, coming to their country for safety? So the Bangladesh people have mixed feelings about the Rohingya fleeing to their country for safety. Well, I mean, they were accepted in the beginning, but now they're starting to lose their patience. Did that answer your question, Hope? Yes, thank you. Lydia. What is the Myanmar government doing about this situation? So the Myanmar government has been com committing cultural genocide for almost 30 years, and they continue to do so after other countries such as the UN, England, and the US have sort of have had protests in order to stop this. But Myanmar still reacts as they continue to commit cultural genocide, and they also continue the politics and people in power continue to support these actions. And they claim that this is uh, duty to their citizens as they root out their insurgents, the insurgents due to these acts. In fact, they're actually just killing off any Rohingya. Okay, so usually the UK is big about civil rights issues. What are they doing about this crisis? There were some things that the UK helped with. Recently, the UK contributed over around 10 million dollars, US dollars, to the World Food Program to support the people the Rohingya people who are in crisis. Yeah, so th is there any end in sight for the Rohingya people and is there hope? I feel like there is some hope for the Rohingya people because 
If this continues, then other major countries in the world are probably going to step in and give them whatever they feel like they need. I also feel like the gover- Myanmar government has a lot of say in this, but it's not only the government that commits and carries out the cultural genocide, but the military has also like taken their own stand and has committed this without orders from their government. So it's kind of gone off the books. Well, I've heard a lot about it in the news, so I think if we keep talking about it, that that's going to help a lot. Hey, Weber, so with what the UN has done so far, do you think this is going to help the Rohingyan people? I think it's going to help eventually. I feel like Myanmar is still going to rebel a little bit more. Um, so, Hope, uh, do you think at any point it's going to get to the point where the UN peacekeeping soldiers need to step in and uh, take hand? Because I definitely think uh, it will. I don't think it will. I think that... Yeah, so I think that they will because this issue has been going on for almost 30 to 40 years, and this has been dating back for longer than that, even though the cultural genocide has been committed committed in the recent years. And because there's no sight of it stopping, I feel like eventually enough will be enough, and the UN will step in and try to take control over these heartbreaking events. I feel like the UN peacekeeping guard, whatever it is, is going is going to come in only if necessary. Like, it, they're going to, to give the Myanmar government more leniency so then they have another chance to give the Rohingya people more human rights. But when will they gauge, or how will they gauge when is enough time and how many chances uh, the Myanmar government has? Because this has been going on for years and years. So when will we know when it's time to step in and stop this issue? I don't think that they will get involved. I think that... The Myanmar government will be pressured enough to do what is right. Uh, Hope, I kind of agree with you. I feel like once the word gets out to all the other countries and they start to step in, I feel like the Myanmar government will uh, be kind of be forced to take charge. I feel like it's not only the Myanmar government, though, because the military has sort of stepped away from the government and started to commit this genocide and these crimes on their own. So even though if the government stops, this will still continue until someone actually takes control over everyone in Myanmar. Obviously, we aren't done with this story, so don't forget to keep up with the news. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in to the next episode of Getting Into Good Trouble as we dig through the rubble to find the trouble. This podcast was brought to you by Thomas, Lydia, Kiefer, Davis, Weber, Sam, and me, Hope. See you later. Have a great day.